This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Come on, Rick James. Let's go. I, I have no idea Cold. how the Jets can add to the drama, but they have. What song is this? Cold. I don't know this song. What? What oh, is this? Oh, man. Rick James. Come on, get your shoulders involved in it. Yeah. Oh, I see your shoulders. Hey, get your shoulders involved in Rick James. How could you not feel? How could you not feel Rick James? Come on now. I don't know. Bad job by me? Bad job by you. You're a bad guy. I'm you're a bad, bad guy? guy? We've established that you're a bad teammate. How am I not, a bad but, teammate but not, or a bad guy? But not being in on Rick James makes you a bad guy. I would like to know definition-wise. We're going to get to this in a second. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Small is back with us next week. Coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. How am I a bad teammate and then how am I a bad guy because I'm not in on Rick James? Well, you're a bad teammate because you routinely throw Smalls under the bus. Stuff that happens during the commercial break, her getting glammed up, switching out earrings, all of that stuff. You bring that on air right. for public consumption. And we don't have to air her out like that. That's, that's, being a, that's being a bad teammate. I'd argue. That's pulling the curtain back and letting people see your teammate in an unflattering light. That's a bad teammate. I don't know about that. I think wow, here you go. I'm just saying. Here you go. Just saying. And you're a bad guy because if, you, if you're not in on this with Rick James and you have poor taste in music. I have like the same taste in music as you do outside of Rick James. Well, no, no, I'm just saying poor taste in music. We literally have the same taste no, in we, music. We clearly don't Except because you don't Rick know James. this Rick James. <laughs> I'm just saying. Am I a bad it's Rick James, guy? Evan. It's Rick James. <laughs> I'm a bad guy because I don't know Rick James. Rick James, damn it. McCole Hardman. <laughs> McCole Hardman, I think, is going to be considered a bad guy by Jets uh, personnel, and he may think the Jets are bad oh, guys. Oh, man. All right, so there's a lot to digest here. So somehow the New York Jets, who are involved in nothing right now, somehow get involved in drama and controversy. We've mm. spent a ton of time talking about the NFL draft and the combine going on this week and all of the conversations around the number one pick in the draft. We presented option A and option B uh, today in terms of the hypothetical of the Chicago Bears. We put out there um, what they should do, right? Option A being just take number one overall. Option B, trade back to two, get an extra first rounder next year, get their pick back in the second round this year. And you've said, you know what? Option B actually sounds better, right? These are tangible, real conversations that are going on around the NFL right now, but the NFL draft coming up, which you'll be a part of on ESPN Radio. Yeah, you know who I have less confidence in figuring out the quarterback situation than the Chicago Bears? That would be the New York Jets. The New York Jets. So somehow now they have inserted themselves into the conversation here. Why? McCall Hardman of the world champion times two and three overall with the Kansas City Chiefs here. Um, he was on the Pivot podcast and had this to say about the Jets. Who, By the way, he was on the Jets, went with Chiefs last year, signs with the Jets, gets traded back to the Chiefs, has this to say about the Jets locker room lacking leadership. You just got a new coach staff that came in. It's no standard there. It's like everybody do what they want to do. And defense have a more of a stabilized standard with that with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a standard, but the offense is just like, all right, we've just figured it out. It's Aaron show. Mm-hmm. Let Aaron do what Aaron do. You know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like we don't know what to do. Y'all can't tell me about winning. I know what winning looks like. Right. I know what winning is. So y'all keep telling me certain things. It's like I'm not going for that because y'all not doing it right. Like, we got hammers on the ground. We don't got no discipline. People feel like it's too many individual egos in this locker room or whatever. And I'm telling them, like, that's not going to get y'all to win. It's not going to happen. Okay, so he said that. He also, on the Pivot podcast, I mean, basically outed the Chiefs and himself for tampering here. I tell you right, I'm, I was so checked out. Like, it's over. I already talked to Veach and Pat. Like, hey, bro, come get me, bro. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are we talking about? Like, man, come get me. Bro, like. But they do come get you, dog. 
So he talked to Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs, during the process while he was on the Jets. If that's confirmed to be true, that is obviously tampering. This is the guy that scored the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, and he's talking about the mess that was the Jets, right? And Joe Douglas, the Jets general manager, responded to those comments at the Combine yesterday. Not to get into any specifics on what uh, McColl said, I, I'll just say, look, McColl, um, we were excited to sign McColl. He was excited to obviously join our team um, in a situation really Xavier Gibson really came on for us this year and um, he did an outstanding job for us so um, ultimately made decision to, to move on from McColl um, but uh, you know um, our process of adding McColl he he was excited to be here and um, it just it just didn't work out and a lot of a lot of that has to do with Xavier okay that in itself is a lot to digest. Let me add one more layer to this, though. Please. Because now there are reports. I saw Connor Hughes from SNY in New York put this out there, that there are accusations that McCole Hardman, while with the Jets, leaked their offensive game plan to the Eagles and the Chiefs when they were playing against them earlier this season. Yeah, that would be Sauce Gardner in a since-deleted tweet saying that, you know, or intimating that McCall Hardman was the reason why the Eagles had the game plan for the Jets or that the Chiefs had the game plan for the Jets. Now, here's the thing. With Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback, I don't think those defenses needed to have the game plan in order to shut the Jets' offense down. But that's the thing. I, I mean, it, I, didn't, I didn't see anything wrong with what McCall Hardman said in terms of the dynamic with the Jets, right? He said the defense, they had an identity, they had a standard offense. It was just let Aaron Rodgers figure everything out. Isn't that what we saw all offseason long? No doubt. From the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett and what we saw in hard knocks and training camp, it was pretty much the Aaron Rodgers show. It was all about eight. And when eight went down four plays into the season, they didn't know what to do. There was no contingency plan. It was – it was Super Bowl or bust with Aaron Rodgers. And so the dysfunction that McCole Hardman was describing behind the scenes, it, it felt on par based on what we were seeing publicly. So I, I didn't see anything wrong with what he had to say. The thing that's jarring to me is everybody from the New York Jets trying to clap back and say, oh, well, he was just disgruntled because he lost his job to Xavier Gibson. No, McCole Hardman had mission accomplished with the Jets. He came there, he got a $4 million payday, got back to the Kansas City Chiefs, and ended up being a big factor in them winning another Super Bowl. Here's the he thing. He got exactly what he wanted. I got my money, and I got a chance to get a ring. Time so, it's, so it's mission accomplished from McCall Hardman's standpoint. He's having the last laugh, no matter what you want to say, how, no matter how Joe Douglas or the punter Tom Morstead or Sauce Gardner wants to frame it. He got paid, and he won a Super Bowl. Period. I have a question for you on this, and this is – I'm sorry, it's amazingly insulting to the person I'm asking the question about, but it's, it's so much evidence would lead me to this direction. Mm. Is Nathaniel Hackett actually a coach? Or is he just a guy Rodgers wants around? He's a drinking buddy? He's no, a, I'm not saying drinking buddy. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, the, the theoretical. He's his partner. He's his guy. He's his hangout buddy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is he, like, there's no evidence of him coaching in, in Denver when he was the head coach. Yeah. In Green Bay... He was with Rodgers. I don't know what was happening there. Like, is he actually a coach? Because everything that these guys are all saying is they didn't know what to do. That Aaron Rodgers knows what to do. But the Jets, like, I think back, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Not this past season, but the season before. Remember Chad Henney came in for the Chiefs and actually did a pretty good job? Andy Reid is completely prepared for the God forbid scenario of if his franchise gets hurt. We've seen it. 
Is this guy a coach? There was no plan. I don't know. You're asking me a question that I I don't know. I have no evidence of Nathaniel Hackett being good at his job. I have evidence that he's got a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And Aaron Rodgers, being as talented as he is, overcomes whatever deficiencies that you might have from a talent standpoint, but also from an X's and O's standpoint. So I don't know how good Nathaniel Hackett is. I don't have any evidence that he's good. There's a lot of things pointing toward him not being good. So that's the thing. And for them not to have a plan and to cycle through backup quarterbacks, whether it was Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon, Tim Boyle, back to Zach Wilson in the way that they did it, being so clunky, I I just – I think there are a lot more problems behind the scenes than McCole Hardman getting beat out by a rookie wide receiver or him leaking the game plan to a couple of opponents that the Jets had this past season. It wasn't all McCole Hardman, all right? The team fell short because Aaron Rodgers got hurt and nobody knew what to do beyond that. There was no confidence that they could have success without Aaron Rodgers. Is that commonplace where people could leak a game plan? Like, is that, Does that happen? That's hard to do. That's hard to do. I mean, just because of how the teams control the information, they've got the iPads. Like, I don't know how you would how you would. Is that just him making... calling his friends that are on other teams? Say, hey, beware, we may do X, Y, and Z. This team's lost. Like, yeah, I don't. But here's the thing: I don't. I don't know that that happens a lot around the NFL. Like, I remember when you had hard copies of playbooks, and you would kind of have some of those things floating around. That could actually happen. Players taking playbooks from team to team. But now with the iPads, and you have to turn it in before you leave. I, I just don't know how that happens. So leaking a game plan is more so like, let me tell you, we're, we're going to run a hundred times today. It's yeah, more of that. Yeah, yeah. we're going to come out with. With, you know, this personnel grouping, we're going to have this scheme, we're going to feature these types of plays, that type of thing. But did you ever go but into players a don't do Here's the thing. If yeah. you do that as a player, then you get a reputation that you leak game plans. So as, as an employer, why would I want to bring you into my building? Right. Why would I ever want to do that? But the other part of that, you're right about that. The other part of this that I look at is, so the guy who was acquired by the Chiefs twice and won two Super Bowls is telling you one thing, and the Jets are telling you the other thing. Yeah, who, I'm going to go with the Chiefs guy. I'm going to go with the guy from the Chiefs. And oh, by the way, yeah. when he got back to Kansas City, he actually had success, and he was an integral part of what they did this postseason. But here's the thing, that becomes an indictment on the New York Jets. Yeah. Think about it. Like, this is a guy that came from a championship culture, parachuted into your building, you hit adversity, he sees how you respond, he checks out, wants nothing to do with it, lets Xavier Gibson beat him out to the point where they, they're okay moving on from him, cutting him. He goes back to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he wins a championship. It's not like McCole Hardman forgot how to play in the four or five months he was with the Jets. He just didn't want to play for the Jets. That shows you how far the Jets are from actually winning a championship. It is remarkable. By the day, we learn about how much of a failure the Aaron Rodgers era of the Jets has been. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not solely. Why, putting why on would that. you? Why would you think it's going to be any different this year, though? That's the part I don't get. Okay, go there. Let's no, hear no, that. No, I mean, I just don't understand why Jets fans would think it's going to be different. You hear what the players are saying, like the punter. You hear what Sauce Gardner is saying. You hear what the general manager is saying. Why would you think it's going to be different? Because oh, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get hurt hurt early on in the season. Okay, that's fine. But there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy that won back-to-back MVPs, what is it, three years ago in Green Bay? He's going into his age 40 season, and he's coming off of an Achilles injury. And, oh, by the way, you still have the same offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett, although Rob Sala is going to take more uh, of a role on the offensive side of the ball. I I just – I don't have any confidence that it's going to get fixed because the culture is still going to be similar because the same people are in the building. On Sportsmanlike, it's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. We are on Sportsmanlike.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I know this one. Super freak. Mm, 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 mm. I don't feel like we can say the words to this song. Mm. I think it's more MC Hammer at this point, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. I like it. It's a Rick James. What day is today? Thursday. Rick James. Uh, Smalls back with us next week. He's Chris Canty. I'm Evan Cohen. I think I just said my own name wrong there. What did I just say? You said Evan Cohen. Okay, I thought I got my name wrong. You know, it, get out of your head. You're yeah. Good. The uh, the Bears are the number one topic in the NFL right now, right? No doubt. They have the number one pick. They have Justin. They have basically someone else's starting quarterback is on their roster. The NFL universe revolves around the Chicago Bears with the number one overall pick. Totally agree with Period. you. Period. And yet the Jets are trying to insert themselves in that. And I just think one more quick thing on the Jets. We're going to get to calls here on the Bears uh, at eight 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 say ESPN. I just think about Aaron Rodgers, and I, I get comfort. We all like to be comfortable, right? He's looking at this situation saying, well, these are all my guys. I'm comfortable in this. So Nathaniel Hackett is his blankie? Yeah, this is blankie. Okay. Um, I don't get how when Belichick and Vrabel and Pete Carroll and all these guys are sitting there and like, this is the crew he wants? You've said it a million times, and I'm going to reiterate it after again yesterday. It's unreal when you look at the record that Joe Douglas, general manager, and Robert Sala, head coach, have had with the Jets in this league, the way in which the league has a quick hook on everyone now, that these guys somehow have made it through. Yeah, It's actually remarkable. They have done legitimately nothing. And then also, nothing. by the way, yesterday, <laughs> they conf- I forgot one other element to this whole story with the Jets drama. What's that? They granted permission to Zach Wilson to look for a trade yesterday. Which I'm not saying they're going to get anything in return. He was the number two overall pick in the 2021 draft. A couple, and they're already like, okay, go. And yet you can somehow be okay with that. We're talking about Ryan Poles preemptively. He could lose his job if this doesn't get righted in Chicago. Well, not if you're Salah and Douglas. You can get the number two pick overall wrong. Have a quarterback that plays four plays, have no game plan without him, and keep your job. Yeah, that's why it doesn't make sense to me that they're meeting with the top quarterbacks at the draft. Like, I understand due diligence, but guess what, guys? (laughs) If it don't go right for you guys this year, 
and presumably with Aaron Rodgers, that this that 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 could happen. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter if you take Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or Drake May. You're saying the matter. Jets are meeting with these guys. The Jets are meeting with these guys. It yeah. doesn't matter if you'll you tra- never see them play. You'll never see them play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you trade. You'll never. You can never win. <laughs> like why are you meeting with those guys? It doesn't even matter. For your like, next no, job, it doesn't matter. Like you're you're, you're going to help the Jets. You're going to help their next GM. You're going to yeah. help their next head coach because that's what you would be doing. Like that doesn't make sense to me. You're right. Nothing that the Jets do makes sense to me. And somehow they add to the the drama every single year, every single day. Every, it's just crazy. All right, we're going to get your phone calls in now. 888-SAY-ESPN on the Bears. We put out there option A for the Bears. Take number one overall, Caleb Williams. Option B, you trade with Washington. You get number two. You get number 40 overall. The second round, you get your pick back, basically. And Washington's 25 first. CC said, you know what? I'd probably take option B in that spot. Jeff in Houston watching on ESPN2. What's up, Jeff? Hey, how's it going? Okay, before I get to the Bears, let me say this real quick about the Jets. Everyone's saying Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett, that's like the great rapport for them. Aaron Rodgers' rapport is with a dark cabin. Well, he is good with that. So, okay, so with the Bears, I'm going to break this down real quick, as quickly as I can. So they're going to trade at a one. They're going to go down to three. New England's going to give them their third pick, their 34th pick. They're then going to trade at a three, go down to eight with Atlanta, get Atlanta's 43rd. They're then going to draft Latou or Turner at eight, and then they're going to take Adunza at nine. And if Penix Jr. is there at 34, they're going to take him. If not, they're going to take Sam Hartman or Joe Mixon at 75 in the third round. All right, that's very in-depth. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, what happens to Justin Fields in this scenario? Uh, it sounds like they keep him in that scenario. That they would have to, right? right. And that, we're, we're eliminating that as a possibility yeah, right now. That's We've eliminated happen. that as a possibility. We do no. not – I think if you want to kind of look at the timeline here of the Bears, it feels like the decision has been made to move on from Justin Fields. Yes. Okay. What? Because they're talking about the timing of the decision of when they would want to trade him. Exactly. The fact that they're even putting that out there and there's a timeline over the next two weeks that they're going to trade him because he said he wanted to move him before the start of free agency, they've already made a decision that they're going to take a quarterback at the top of this year's draft. The only question or the only intrigue is, is it going to be at one? Are they going to slide back to two? Are they going to slide back to three? Like, we, we just don't know. Well, this whole conversation today started, I asked you a question. I said, do you think Ryan Poles is going into the combine hoping he gets blown away with an offer? And you said, absolutely, and here's why. That's where the, the can of worms was open, right? That it's not just done deal Caleb Williams. It's come bring stuff to me. Like, let me hear what you got. Matt in Atlantic City uh, watching on ESPNU. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan. Good morning, CeCe. I just want to say to the caller that was complaining about Caleb Williams being emotional or being soft, give me a break, okay? That's complete BS. That shows that he cares and he's a winner. And what I'm going to say about this is I would not be surprised if the Bears take Caleb Williams number one, but I'm going to go with option B, given the fact of what you said, Evan and CeCe. They're going to get substantial draft capital in return, which they can end up building around the organization. Because look at the look at the draft class, the quarterback draft class. You have not just Caleb Williams. You have Jaden Daniels, Drake May, uh, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy. So if Ryan Pohl says, listen, we like Caleb Williams, but we think X quarterback is going to fit our organization better, I think they would go that route and get the draft capital. But I will say this as a wild card. You have the commanders that are more likely to trade for the number one pick 
than my Giants at number six. But if the Giants trade for the third pick, trade out with uh, New England, and they take a quarterback, that's going to change the whole landscape, I think, of the draft. Thank you guys very yeah, much. Yeah, it very well can, and or may. And CC has made the point, number three is really where the draft kind of hinges because that's the team in New England that could trade out of the top three. What we're talking about with Chicago is trading but staying in the top three. Yeah, and here's the thing with New England, Q Myers, who's on the ground in the combine, who also co-hosts Game Night on ESPN's radio network, he was saying that, that's some of the buzz in Indy right now is that the Patriots could potentially trade out of the third overall pick, move down, and there are a bunch of teams, including the New York Giants, that would love to trade up and get their hands on one of those top three quarterbacks. But as far as the Chicago Bears are concerned, I think this is a very unique draft because the guy that is presumed to be the number one overall pick actually played his high school ball and is from where the Washington Commanders call home. Like that like he he played at Gonzaga offensive coordinator he played, at Gonzaga, he played at Gonzaga High School in DC. And his former offensive coordinator is now the new coordinator with the Washington Commanders. So there are a lot of dots that you can connect that make it make sense for the Washington Commanders to pay a premium in order to get up and draft Caleb Williams. So to me, like this is a very unique set of circumstances if you're Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears. And if the grades are close between Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May, then you absolutely have to entertain the possibility of sliding back to the second overall pick. Mateo in New Mexico, listening on Sirius XM80. What's up, Mateo? How's it going, guys? What's up, Mateo? I personally believe that you got to take whoever's number one on your board. Half of the league is undrafted or late-round guys anyway. So if you've got a generational guy that you feel like is going to change your franchise, you got to take him... Uh, you can't, you know, win the lottery if you don't play. So take your number one quarterback, and hopefully he's the guy to turn your franchise around. Didn't That's you what just I would do. undercut your argument, though? I mean, if you say half the league is late rounders and undrafted guys, <laughs> yeah. and if you're playing the lottery, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shoot your shot. Like, if you're in the lottery, don't you want as many? as many lotto tickets, as many lotto balls as you possibly could have. Right, you're not guaranteed to win off of one ticket. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, like, if you're the Chicago Bears, if you're Ryan Poles, that, that's what you're thinking about. Like, hey, I need a lot of players, and if I have these quarterbacks that are all closely together in terms of their grade, what's the harm in sliding back to number two? So I'm guaranteed, that's yeah. the thing, if there, are, if there are two quarterbacks that I think are worth the number one overall pick, then what's the harm in going back to number two? That is the biggest point that I think we're not necessarily focusing on as a, as a football fandom all across the board. We have talked about Caleb Williams going number one for two years. Yes. Two full years we've had this conversation. So there are new names. Jaden Daniels like was at Arizona State when we started talking about Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams going number, number one. one pick. Yeah. Drake May was the guy who was the North Carolina basketball player's brother, right, when we started talking about this, yeah. Luke May, right? Like, this is not as familiar to the masses. And the key with all of this is if you're the Chicago Bears and you don't think there's that much of a difference, if at all, between these three guys, that's where you make the move. The, the example I bring up with this, it's a weird one, but you'll get it, CC. so I'll explain to the masses who may not be aware of this. The Boston Celtics had the number one pick a few years back. They were sold that Jason Tatum was the best player in the draft. Nobody was willing to take him number one. Nobody was willing to take him number two. They traded down with Philadelphia. They got an extra first-round pick, and the guy they would have taken at one, they got at three. If that's what Chicago can do here, the guy that they think they could take at one, they can get at two or three and get extra picks, they have to do that. Shout-out to Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. We're unsportsmanlike. That was unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs>
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey. See, now I do like this. It was just one song. It was one song. Is, is, is that is that what the Washington Commanders are saying to the Chicago Bears about the number one overall pick? Give it to me, baby. <laughs> we are on Sportsman Like Damian Woody joins us. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. He is, by the way, an ESPN NFL analyst. He's going to be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern, but he's more so the star of the dynasty. As a Patriots fan, I got to tell you, you are so good in that, but you have to go deeper on one story. CC hasn't seen it yet. I'm sure a lot of people are watching it or are going to watch it at some point at Apple+. Plus. You said things changed when there was a night where you realized Brady could drink you under the table. Yeah, it happened. It happened. <laughs> it was like, uh, I want to say it was the second or third year, because we, you know, we always went to this, uh, this hole-in-the-wall like, kind of like barbecue spot down the street from, uh, from the stadium. And so as an office line, we would go in there, you know, just hang out, drink, eat, do all that type of BS. Brady came in there, <clears throat> and – Everyone knows about his, like, his competitiveness. Like, this dude hates to lose at anything. And so we literally had a drinking contest. This was on a Thursday. We went. <laughs> it was like every Thursday we would, we would go. And uh, actually, it was it was terrible timing because we had weigh-in on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, that, that's yeah, a bad game. That's a, it's a ba- oh, trust me. I was in a sauna. Like, yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> a bad game. <laughs> but, no, he literally, like, I could throw down back in the day. And he like he destroyed me, and I'm like, yo, this dude like this dude put me under the table. Yeah, I'm like, I like yeah, I got even more respect. And I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people out there, but it's a competitive. It's, it's a competitive, right? Yeah. It's a competitive thing that was just like, okay, yeah, this this dude. This so dude you were sold is, on is Tom something. Brady at a barbecue joint on a Thursday night. Yeah. CC's nodding his head like, of course that's that is how it works. Listen, everybody has their Tom Brady moment where they have the utmost respect for him. Like, mine was 2007 Texas Stadium, undefeated Patriots rolling into town, undefeated Dallas Cowboys. You know they're going to hype that game up. Oh. And so Wade Phillips dials up a zero blitz, and for God knows what reason, they decide to turn me loose as a defensive tackle in a zero blitz. Mm. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I got him. I'm going to get the pot because I'm going to knock Tom Brady out of the game. This is the shot. I hit Tom Brady harder than I hit any other human being on planet Earth. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way he's going to get up. I'm high-fiving my guys in the huddle as I'm walking back. I'm like, yeah, he's out. I got him. 
He shook his head. Matt Light bent over, put his hand down. Tom Brady grabbed it, picked himself up, dusted himself off, yeah. and away we go. Yeah. And they ended up winning the game. Yeah. From that moment on, Tom Brady had my utmost respect. I said, this dude is different. For Damian Woody, it was <laughs> them having a night out and drinking. For me, it was hitting them as hard as I possibly could on a free run to the quarterback, which never happens for an interior defensive lineman. The fact that Tom Brady was able to get up, the fact that you couldn't drink him under the table, that just goes to show you that that dude was built different. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, by the way, like, I've seen Tom take some some big, big hits. One in, one in particular was against Buffalo. Up in Buffalo, he got absolutely smoked. I mean, he was like, oh, like he was running outside the pocket, got smoked. He bounced right up after that. I'm who, like, who, who, who was the person that was responsible? I don't for remember him who hit. hit him. No, no, he, I'm talking about who was the one that allowed him to get hit. Oh no, he, <laughs> no, that oh, like he, he did that on his own, running outside the pocket. You, you know, Tom, you're not athletic enough to be nah, out there running the, the outside the pocket. The five two eight forty. That's yeah, right yeah, the it showed up. Yeah, exactly. It showed up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big fella. So this is a question that we've been kicking around because the football world revolves around the Chicago Bears and them having the number one overall pick. Now, I think this year. There's a unique set of circumstances because the team that's drafted number two happens to be the hometown team of Mm. the number one prospect, that being Caleb Williams. Yeah. He played at Gonzaga High School. Of course, he's let it be known that he would love to play at home if the opportunity presented itself, but he said he's not out on playing for the Chicago Bears. If you're GM Ryan Poles and the Washington Commanders come to you with an offer to move up to the number one overall pick, they'll give you number two this year, a first-round pick next year. Is that something that you would at least entertain if you're the Bears general manager? I think it has to be massive. I think it would have Ooh. to be massive. And think about think about the incentive for the Washington Commanders. Think about it. You have new ownership. You're trying to turn the page from the Dan, you know, Daniel Snyder era. What better way to usher in a new era and bringing in a Heisman-winning quarterback that's homegrown, that's from that area. That's that's how you start a new regime with a bang. Ooh. You know what I mean? So, so you I make them it, pay a premium for you, that. You have to pay a premium because think about this. If What's the, a premium? Define a premium in this I like case. It, like you, you like multiple, num, multiple ones. Like it has to be multiple ones, players. So not, so, just, so not just moving down to number two and next year's one. It needs to be another one after that. It needs that. to be another one after that. So three first total. So yeah, number two and then the next two after. Yeah, like, like that's why, like, if you're the Chicago Bears, you already moved down one time before. Why would you do it again when yeah. you have a guy like Caleb Williams right there? I just don't envision the Chicago Bears doing it, but I will say everyone has their price. And it would have to be a, like a massive haul for them to come up off that number one pick, in my opinion. R.I.P. to Virgil, by the way, died yesterday when you did the Everyone's Got the Price. I'm thinking of Ted DiBiase. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm just saying, it, interesting. The so places you, your mind goes, man. Well, when you think everyone's got a price, you don't think Ted DiBiase, WWE, back in the day, I'm just saying. Uh, Damien, so uh, both of you now, so let's just play this out. Three first-rounders and a player. Let's say the player is... Well, McLaren is too much. Doesn't matter, but here's the thing. We saw the Rams do that once upon a time. What was it, 2016, when they moved from 15 to 1 to take Jared Goff? Mm -hmm. We saw the San Francisco 49ers do it in 2021 when they moved up to number three to take Trey Lance. So that's the price. So three first-round picks. So would you do it? So we've seen that. We just haven't seen it in a scenario where it's the first and the second team overall in the NFL draft. So forget a player for a second. So this is it's on the table. You both are GMs, both parties right now. You have to – who says no – Three first-rounders from Washington to Chicago. Who says no? 
Does any, so I don't you, think anybody is in position to say. Like, I think if it's anybody, it would be the commanders that say no because that mm-hmm. is very rich considering you have the second mm-hmm. overall pick and there are, you know, according to NFL scouts, multiple quarterbacks that are deserving of being the number one overall pick in any given draft. That's rich for the mm-hmm. commanders to give up three first-round picks. But like Damian said, you've got new ownership in Josh Harris. Magic Johnson is a part of that group. You got a new GM. You got new head coach. You, you're trying to usher in a new era of Commanders football and turn the page from the awful two decades of Dan Snyder. Caleb Williams would be a great way to do that. I don't know that any team is in position to say no in that scenario. Yeah, listen, I I, uh, I think it's going to be this. The Chicago Bears is, is is probably maybe the most intriguing team of the offseason. Yeah. Not only because of the draft, but obviously because of Justin Fields and where he would go in this in the, if this scenario plays itself out. But I just feel like Chicago Bears going to stand pat. I, I think the Chicago Bears. I think Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the draft. Um, I do think that J- Jaden Daniels is is on his heels. That dude balled. Not only balled last year, he balled for the past two years at, at, at LSU. Yeah. And this was, a, you know, a team in LSU that didn't have a de- that really didn't have a defense. That whole thing was on Jaden Daniels last year. So I, I think, listen, if Washington Commanders, if you can't make a move to number one, you'll be more than happy to have Jaden Daniels in number two. I think he's. I think he's a dynamic player. Damien, we, we saw Mel Kuyper drop his mock, first mock draft of the season yesterday. He had the quarterbacks coming off the board, one, two, three. It was Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May. And, of course, the teams at the top of this year's draft, the Bears, the Commanders, the New England Patriots. Now, we rarely see quarterbacks that come off the board, one, two, three, and those teams all being the teams that take them the original teams, the original draft choices. Mm-hmm. We saw it with the San Francisco 49ers in 2021 moving up into that top three to take Trey Lance. So if there was a team in that top three that you could see trading out of that spot, who's New the England. team and who's the team moving up to get New it? England. I think New England doesn't have a, a, a roster that, that uh, like the infrastructure to support a rookie quarterback. Okay. I, I just, I think it would be set up for, it would be, it, it, it would be a disaster in my mind to draft a quarterback at number three for, if you're in New England. They're so devoid of talent. To me, they need more draft picks to kind of build up their roster. Because it really, what's been the discussion in New England for quite a few years? Is there lack of, lack, you know, the, the drafts that they've had where they've been devoid of talent? They don't really have any dynamic players on, you know, on that roster, particularly on the offensive side of the football. And so for me, I could see, easily see a scenario where New England says, you know what? It's not the year for us to go out and get a quarterback. Maybe let's let's drop down. Let's get some more picks so we have more more get more ammo to really really supplement our roster, build out the infrastructure in our roster. Now, as far as the team that could trade up, how about the Giants? The Giants could be a team that could do it. Think about it. I think a guy like Drake May. I think Drake May is a is a is a, is a prospect. He's a very intriguing guy. I think he's very athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the guy he. Had changed his last year, new new OC, some play call. I mean, some some players that moved on. Um, so he didn't have a, as great a 2023 as he did in 2022. I think a scenario in, in New York where Daniel Jones is obviously coming back off injury, got the big contract. Yeah. Let him sit for a year. Mm. Let the man sit for a year. You know, kind of like Jordan Love. Let him sit for a I year, totally agree. learn the game, kind of get his footing. 
Then after that year with Daniel Jones, you can reevaluate Daniel Jones. If he had a bad year, great. We have our quarterback. We can now we can you know insert him. If Daniel Jones has you know maybe a bounce back year, so be it. He still flip him. You know, or you could flip. You could flip Daniel Jones, or you know whatever the case. But that to me would be an ideal situation for a guy like Dre. Made it. I think he needs to sit for a year. That would be spicy. The the Carolina quarterback coming to replace the Duke quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally on board with you. CC yeah. knows this. I think it's ridiculous how quickly we play some of these quarterbacks. I think if you look at the history, recent history of the league, how many of the great quarterbacks started out as backups? I think. I think I've said it. Everybody laughs. I think the Carolina Panthers should sign Russell Wilson this year, and have Bryce Young come off the bench. For six games or so, like literally, Russ, you're going to rehabilitate yourself for six games. We're going to trade you somewhere else. This guy needs to sit and watch. You get Conceptually, that's what I'm saying there. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you. Damian Woody's awesome. You'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern time and part of the dynasty, Apple Plus. <laughs> He's a star. Forget the Brady-Belichick stuff. It's Damian Woody. Um, big star, just like True Green, my friends over there. If you're re- ready to elevate your lawn game without breaking the bank, True Green has been the trusted choice for over 2 million homeowners. I'm one of them for over 50 years. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and affordable way to achieve a pro-level lawn guaranteed. Plus, enjoy True Green's verified price matching, ensuring you get the best lawn for the best possible price. Visit TrueGreen.com today and transform your lawn effortlessly. All you need to do is mow and water your lawn. They'll take care of everything else. That's TrueGreen.com. Your dream lawn is just around the corner. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Each and every day at this time, our producer, Pat Costello, gives us items. He is over. Sports, life, entertainment. Small's back with us Monday. Pat, what do you have for us? The truck drivers of America were not happy with me after that one. <laughs> um, people who want to judge you for music. This came up 
ironically earlier with Evan and Rick James, but like sometimes I want to listen to rap. Sometimes I want to listen to Bruce Springsteen. Sometimes I want to listen to Frank Sinatra. What I don't want to listen to is your opinion on what I want to listen to. I just want to listen to the music that I like, and sometimes it changes based on the day. No, I have, no, pro- I have no problem with Evan wanting to listen to the music that he likes, but I don't understand why Evan doesn't know Rick James. I didn't know the one singular you song. Know, you didn't know Cold-Blooded. Every, that is one of, that is one of his, every song that since is, that I've is known. one of his most iconic songs cold-blooded i get it i didn't know the one song every that, that, song and that's what and that's what i had a problem with mm, I don't I, know. I'm, I'm gonna need pat to get off my back about it I'm, I'm standing in judgment of evan because he doesn't know that song you're damn right it's not the fact that whether he wanted to listen to the song whether he was in the mood for the song i just was judging him because he didn't know the song and i think that's fair because rick james is an icon you also judge me because when um Damian Woody said everyone's got a price. I immediately went to Ted DiBiase and the late Virgil. I, doesn't everyone go there? I'm just saying, Damian Woody was mid-sentence when you brought it up. I'm just All right, saying. so you, I interrupted. You, it's you, radio. You interrupted your yeah, mind. You not, just not basically my first had time. your brain on speakerphone. Yeah, it's not my first time interrupting, and it probably won't be my last. Oh, gosh. Here you Pat, go. did you go to that place as a wrestling guy? What no. Is okay, next exactly. one, Pat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh Taylor Gooch, who plays on the Live Tour for golf this week, said that if Rory McIlroy wins the Masters, there'll be an asterisk on it. This is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. Why? Because most of the major players on the Live Tour are playing the Masters. And you know who's not? Taylor Gooch. So the only reason that Taylor Gooch thinks there's an asterisk is because he won't be in the field, which is an insane thing to say. If Rory wins the Masters, there's not going to be an asterisk because there's not going to be less players. Just Taylor Gooch isn't going to be there. So he's saying there, there would be an asterisk because not because all I'm the, not in it. Yeah, he said not because the, the, not all the top it. players won't be there. I didn't but know. most of the live tour is playing in the Masters. Taylor Gooch is not. Okay. I didn't know that it's, Taylor Gooch was the Pat Mahomes of golf. Yeah, excuse my ignorance, Pat. You're a big golf guy. Is he a big time golfer now? I mean, he's a pretty prominent player, but he's not like massive. He's not Jordan Spieth or something like that. Where is he in the world rankings here? I'm looking. Are they not in the world rankings anymore because they're live players? So technically not in the world rankings, but I think he's in the top 50. So if he was on the PGA Tour, he would qualify for the Masters, but he's not. So he won't. Okay, so who would you say are the top five players in golf right now? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Off the top of my head. All right. I didn't think that was that hard of a question. The point is, are the top five golfers in the world playing at the Masters? Yes. Then what are we talking about? Taylor, du- Taylor Gooch is being Whoever absolute, he is. absolutely ridiculous. I don't even know him. i got to yeah. be honest He's with you. currently ranked 449th in whatever <laughs> rankings they're using right now. That voice, yeah, but- that voice from Nuno is, Pat, why did you just bring this up? That's that voice from Nuno. No, I find, I find it interesting. <laughs> okay. Just shut up, take your money, be quiet. It's so b- the, There's a big Taylor problem Gooch. with the world golf rankings in that like, they don't qu- count the live tour basically, which is why he's 449th. But if they went by the normal standard, he'd be in the top 50. It's a mess. All Golf right. is a disaster. Next one, Pat. <laughs> uh, why is it, this bothers me so much, why is it that when you apply to a job on like a website, you submit your resume, and then they make you fill out all this other stuff that's on your resume already? I just, just look at the resume. Why do I have to fill out all of the same information on like 10 pages after that? Did you just tell it yourself? 
Right? <laughs> what do you mean? Are you applying after, for another after job? After working with us for six months, he's like, you know what? I can't take any more of these guys. I got to apply to a kid. Yeah. Javante and Nuno will tell you the same thing. It's infuriating. Are you all well, applying for new jobs? <laughs> I mean, well, you we know, know we know when Nuno conversation for another day. He shows up with a suit and tie. We Did know you? when he's applying for a new job. Wait, you didn't just hear what Javante said. Yeah. Talk about me interrupting. Javante, say what you just said. I heard what he said. Oh, yeah, it's I conversation for another day. I heard what he said. Was that to know your worth? It's, it, and listen, it's easier to get a job when you got a job. I, I took this as all three producers have now quit. Two I can't. Quit? Well, maybe two. No, they're not. They're not. Nuno's quitting. not quitting. They're not quitting. I mean, even though Javante yeah, decided he wasn't going to show up to one day for work this week, and and Pat had a day. What was it last week where he decided not to show up for work? Just, just saying. All right, it happens. Next one. Well, I just I need answers on this. <laughs> like, why do I need to fill out all this stuff? I, I don't sense. know. I have no idea why they make you do that. It's so like, annoying. I'm just over questionnaires in general. Like, why why should I have to fill out something if I've already given you the information? Pat's right. This is absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to pay attention. Stop being lazy and look at the damn resume. Ask the people Otherwise, of don't ask me to submit a resume. It just doesn't make sense. If you want me to fill out the information, cool. But don't ask me to then give you a resume to check that box can't, too. Can't see. Did you ever submit a resume? Never. Okay. No. To this the resu- job? Yeah, I, I mean, my resume is the tape. My resume is the tape. My resume is what I did on the field. Do you actually have a resume? No. Okay. No, but when you when you first got a job at ESPN and Disney, no. you didn't have to fill anything no, out? No, the way I first got a job at ESPN is I showed up at the local radio station, and the guys that were hosting just told me to keep showing up. And then eventually they gave me a key card in the W-2. That's how I got my job. Good for I you. I literally just showed up every single day. They're like, hey, just show up. Cool. Interesting. Okay. It's hard to fire the first person that shows up in the building, too. Hard to get rid of that guy. If you show up first for work every day, hard to fire that person. Life hack. Where'd you apply, Pat? Just out of curiosity. Don't worry. Just us talking. Nobody can hear. So, the last one. (laughs) Wow. I'm over ziplining. Why do people do it? It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. You're just sliding down a cable real fast over some trees or something like that. How is this fun? How is this a thing that people go out of their way to do? It's a, what, what's the upside? There are the like downside, zip there's way more now. downside to me than there is upside. Yeah, like, thanks. that thing snaps, you're done. Yeah, I mean, it's akin to bungee jumping or so like you crazy. like to call it free basing, base jumping. Whatever. Spelunking, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's, it's all of those things. Like, I just don't understand those types of sports. But here's the crazy thing. Zip lining is becoming a big deal. Like, there are zip lining parks now where people go just so they can zip line from station to station. It's wild to me. I, I, I never got the, the intrigue in it, but I've never done it as well. So maybe, 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 it's, maybe it's some kind of thrill that's behind it that you get by doing it. I don't know. Well, we know that Pat's not applying to a zip lining company nor applying to the PGA Tour for his next job based yeah. on this. Uh, people will it. be on my side on that one. I'm just saying, Pat, Pat's applying somewhere. We'll find out soon. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.